Greetings of the day, everyone. I am privileged to welcome you all in the third edition of Orange City Literature Festival, organized by SDR Knowledge Foundation in association with GH Raisoni University, powered by Raisoni Group of Institutions. I am Kanak Mahalmi, a poet and author of the novel Liar. Delighted to be your anchor for today's session, Losing Weight the Right Way, by Ms. Kavita Devgan in conversation with Ms. Kavita Ashok. Ms. Kavita Devgan is an acclaimed nutritionist with 20 years of experience as a weight loss and holistic health consultant. She offers practical, customized programs that deliver weight loss the right way through modification of habits to ensure long-term results. She is also a popular journalist and health columnist. She has been writing regularly for premier media groups. While she is an excellent counsellor, her heart lies in propagating right information through her writings. A prolific and vetted speaker, Kavita Ma'am has been giving lectures and conducting workshops about the right way of eating and new research-based health trends for a long time now. Her previously published books are Don't Diet, 50 Habits of Thin People, Ultimate Grandmother Hacks, Fix It With Food, and recently her fourth book, The Don't Diet Plan, was released. It's an honor to have you with us, Kavita Ma'am, and this gets even more delightful when we have Ms. Kavita Ashok ma'am, who will have a conversation with her as a moderator. I once again welcome you Kavita Devgan ma'am and welcome you Kavita, De uh, Kavita Ashok ma'am. Ms. Kavita Ashok comes from a 4G family and has all the qualities of a 4G daughter. She has modeling after having two baby girls and did hundreds of campaigns in 15 years. Today, she is the founder of an NGO, Tree for Life, a prominent environmentalist, health activist, and a popular TV panelist. Her columns and blogs appear in many magazines and foreign publications. She is a keynote speaker and an author looking forward to release her book in 2022. Also, before moving ahead, I would like to take a moment to acknowledge the support of Rupa Publication as their association is valuable to OCLF. Now, my dear audience, you are about to experience a conversation between two dynamic ladies. So without skipping a moment, I humbly invite Ms. Kavita Ashok ma'am to lead us ahead. Thank you so much and uh, a very, very hearty welcome to everyone who's watching this festival. And I'm truly delighted to be introducing and moderating Kavita Devgan, a very, very dear friend of mine, her fourth book, The Don't Diet Plan. So let's get started. Uh, Kavita, uh, you and me share a you know rapport of friendship for the last twenty five years, and I have seen your books come through, and you growing and you know flourishing into a very very prominent and successful writer of books on nutrition and diet, and I you know my whole life journey has also been with you with your counselling. So uh, I want to express and show everyone what a delightful book it is, the Don't Diet Plan. So here it is, and congratulations, Kavita. So firstly, I want to know the first very basic question. How did this book come about? Oh, I don't know. I think you've been hearing about it for a long time as well, this book, Kavita. Uh, I have been writing this book forever, literally. My first book, which uh, she just mentioned, was, you know, Don't Diet, 50 Habits of Thin People. So that actually uh, spoke about the habits that thin people automatically follow to keep them thin. 
So when I finished that book and that book was published, I realized that now it was time to write a book which actually gives people strategies that can help them, you know? Mm -hmm. So to be honest, this book got started right. I mean, I started writing this book then and there probably in 2016. So it got written chapter at a time. Every time a strategy would work, I've said this so many times, every time a person asks me about this book. So I wrote one chapter at a time, whenever a strategy would work, because I counsel as well, right? I practice yes. as a consultant. So every time a strategy would work, it'll become a chapter in my book. And then it'll get modified over time as it get, you know, I realize what works better and better. There are things which don't work, which are not there in the book, although originally they were supposed to be, you know, chapters in the book as well. So this book literally got written one chapter at a time, Kavita, over a long period of time. And in between, in fact, as you know, and my regular readers know, I ended up writing two more books, which were not connected to diet as at all. The ultimate grandmother oh. house is not connected to diet. That's about, you know, the healthy habits that we must yes. include in our diet from uh, our ancestors. And then mm -hmm. fix it with food is about everyday superfoods, you know, the foods that you can find at your local sabzi wala and what goodness that they add to our diet. So finally, mm -hmm. I think it was time for this book to be out. And uh, I had enough strategies in place and enough diet hacks and as you've read the book, you know, there are yes. diet hacks, there are quizzes, Absolutely. and a lot of stuff packed in. So now was the time to release it when I had enough information to pass on to the readers. Great. So I just want a very, very basic question, which every woman, every person on Mother Earth wants to know. What is the importance of diet in losing weight? You know, because we're always talking of losing weight. So kindly tell us your perspective. What is the importance of food? What is the importance of a good diet when you want to lose weight? So first here, I really want to distinguish between the word diet mm -hmm. as people perceive it and what yeah. I mean by diet. Okay, which is why I insist on saying don't diet because I am mm -hmm. saying no to the diets that people follow. Because yes. that has made into a four-letter word, I feel today. Literally a four-letter four word. So mm -hmm. a, for me, a diet which you need to pursue to lose weight is something that is nourishing to your body. That does not take away the good stuff. Only remove some of the bad stuff to ensure that you lose weight. So yes, if you're following this diet, it is very important to lose weight. But if you're trying to follow a fat diet, I mean, in fact, there's a full chapter on how to identify mm -hmm. a fat diet and how to stay away from it in the book. So if you're following a fat diet, it is of no importance at all. But if you're following diet as I define it, I think the importance of it in our uh, in being in being becoming healthy as well as to in losing weight is almost 80%. Exercise what? is great for a lot of factors, a lot of things. It does a lot of good to the body. But just alone, you will not be able to lose weight with exercise alone. So I would say almost 80% importance is your diet. Yeah. So then what is the right way to diet? Like, suppose I want to lose weight. What is the right, what is the concoction that you like to share with our viewers today? What is the right way? Okay. So the right way is first not doing the wrong thing, which is not following a fad diet. Mm -hmm. You know, I am a strict believer that if you want to lose weight or even if you want to just get healthy and you know modify your diet to something that keeps you nourished and happy and healthy and you know you wake up with a spring in your feet every morning 
then you have to make sure that you follow a sustainable diet. Something that you can follow all your life, something that doesn't sound like a punishment to you, something that is ingrained and is tailored for your lifestyle. You know, expecting somebody who's been eating poha all their life to switch to suddenly muesli or oats doesn't work because for how mm. long will you do it? You know, I'm just giving you one simple example yeah. here. Similarly, asking someone who's used to eating dal chawal for dinner to start eating just salads for dinner is not going to work, right? There are lots of permutations and combinations that can be worked out depending on a person's requirement. So first rule of diet is that it should make you happy. If it's not making you happy, you will not be able to sustain it for a long period of time. Second, it should suit your lifestyle. It has to suit your lifestyle and your body type. Very very important. And third, you should be able to see yourself following a certain section of it at least all your life. Like they say, you should see, you should be able to see yourself going old with your diet. So that's uh -huh. the kind of diet you should follow and that right. will deliver so, so I, I guess I, we do understand that whatever diet or food pattern we have to follow firstly it has to make our soul happy it has to make us happy right so lovely to hear these kind words coming from a you know a nutritionist because sometimes diets make us very unhappy you know uh, another thing i want to ask is you talk a lot kavita about raw foods and fermented foods in your books so what is the significance of these two very important. There are, there are two big pillars of my diet and that's something I've been, you know, using as a tool for a very long time with all my, you know, clients. I don't mm. like to call them patients. So all my clients and they work beautifully. And that's not new. That's not something I have developed. That's just something I realized that was followed very automatically. In fact, so if you, like, for example, you have read my uh, earlier book, Ultimate Grand Brother yes. Rights, and I've mentioned the importance of these there as well. Right. So yes. earlier in the traditional diet that we used to follow, raw foods and fermented foods were automatic parts of our diet, you know, of our meal plans. Suddenly, mm -hmm. somehow along the way, along the years, they got dropped on the side and we forgot about them. So now literally I have to remind people to bring both back in their diets because not only are they great for health building, but they are a very good tool, both of them, for weight loss. I'll tell you how, both of them. I'll go mm -hmm. one by one. What happens is the kind of foods that we eat and, you know, the kind of lifestyles that we lead kill the enzymes or uh, the good bacteria in our gut. The pollution. In fact, that's your field, Kavita. You are a climate <laughs> activist. You know how bad things yeah. are Absolutely. everywhere, especially Delhi, where we both live. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know the impact of pollution on everything. It's not just on the lungs. It's not just COPD that it is causing, you know. It is also killing the good bacteria in your stomach. So the fermented food, what they do is they, on a daily basis, whenever you eat them, add good bacteria to your gut your stomach. So when the, this balance of good versus the bad bacteria stays positive, that's when you can actually lose weight. If it is not, if it is in imbalance, as they say, you have, you have more bad bacteria, less good bacteria, whatever diet you might try to follow, even if you go completely on starvation, trust me, you will not lose weight. The okay. moment I add other yes. foods to people's mm -hmm. diet on a regular basis, they start losing weight and they don't understand what has changed. 
this has changed. Your, their gut is functioning better. Similarly, for raw foods, again, in our stomach, we have enzymes which actually help all the systems of the body function better. You know, everything that you're eating also gets digested better if you have the right enzyme for it in the stomach. These, again, need to be replenished from time to time. And the best source of enzymes is raw food, whether it is raw fruit, raw vegetables, or, you know, even raw sprouts. All these replenish the enzymes. So both do the same job. Boost the gut's health, which directly boosts your weight loss effort. Okay, my next question is, is very simple I, everyone can identify with it that you know Kavita I love bread I love my roti I love my parantha I love my stuffed parantha so you know so many people say talk about good calories and bad calories so what is also I want to know what what are these two why do you slot them good calorie bad calorie everybody does it and you know how can we like we love bread we love parantha we love roti how do you think can you guide us you know that whether it's actually a culprit bread and carbohydrates what's your opinion on this because i've been reading your book and it's an eye opener but i still want it from the horse's mouth for the festival <laughs> yes no i understand and it's very important that you bring it up because carbohydrate again has been getting a lot of bad rap for a very yeah. long time and which is why i have put a chapter in the book where i explain very clearly that not all carbohydrates are bad mm, and yeah. in fact going off com uh, carbohydrates completely is the worst thing that you can do to your body and to your weight if you try to go off carbohydrates completely, trust me, you're going to do your body a lot of damage and it's just not worth it. Carbohydrates are needed for a lot of things in the body. You need it for energy. You need it for, uh, you know, satiety. If you don't eat carbohydrates, you will not feel satisfied with the meal. So again, you know, it's full circle. You'll be back to binging. And most importantly, which people don't realize it, is that we need some carbohydrates to stay happy. Show me yeah. a person who's been on a nil carbohydrate diet and he or she is smiling. You'll always find them cranky. You'll <laughs> always find them cranky. And this, there's science behind it. You know, carbohydrates are needed to form serotonin in your brain, which keeps you happy. So if you deny your body, serotonin completely by denying the body carbohydrates completely for very long periods of time you will be one very sad person making everybody around you also very sad so yes carbohydrates are very very important <laughs> right. you need to choose them right you know no food is off limits you also know i always say yeah. that nothing is to be banned completely unless there is a very very solid reason for it every food can be had in moderation and carbohydrates also need to be had in moderation but you need to choose the good carbs, the carbs that are not refined, the carbs that do not, you know, suddenly increase your sugar in the body, which is stuff like white bread and maida. Once in a while, even these are okay, but mm -hmm. not as a habit, right? So you need to choose your carbohydrates very carefully. And as far as good calories and bad calories are concerned, again, I'm not a huge proponent of calorie counting. You know, I don't ask anyone to count their calories i just follow a very simple principle of increasing the good food in your diet and decreasing the bad food in the diet adding so much nutrition and nutritious food that the bad food gets crowded out on its own and that automatically takes care of your calories is what i've seen 
too much calorie counting is too obsessive and it is too saddening and just depresses people and never shows results yeah so again with calories you need to choose good calories if you're looking at a food and you can see that this food is going to do something good to you it's going to give you maybe some great amount of vitamin a for your eyes maybe you know if you're having a um, sweet potato chart you know shakarkandi chart everyone says why it's a carb it's a carb why are you eating it but i would look when i look at a shakarkandi chart i see a lot of vitamin a that i'm going to be eating it's the highest source of vitamin a in the world even more than kale the most expensive food in the world even more than that so if you eating a shakarkandi chart and it's giving you a lot of vitamin a i would call it a good calorie mm. you know to understand the difference whereas if i'm looking at a burfi which is yeah. probably giving you the same amount of calories but it's not giving you any other health benefit except probably sugar you know mm. so that i would call as a bad calorie so you need to choose if you learn the skill and i teach that very well in the book as you've seen i've explained how to yeah. really identify good calories and bad calories okay. if you learn the skill you will probably never have to do calorie counting in your life another another thing is you know like sometimes i um, so many of my friends also we eat food we don't feel satisfied we don't have the we don't feel that fullness you know so you also mentioned the fullness factor and it's a i'm hearing it for the first time kavita what is it what is the fullness factor that you've mentioned yeah it's a very lesser known uh, you know yes. uh, uh, tool in fact uh, i feel i want more and more people to understand this because it's a wonderful tool to judge foods uh, usually people talk about glycemic index and you know mm. glycemic load which tells us about uh, how satisfying that food would be but the problem there is that they only classify the carbohydrate foods whereas fullness factor is a scale again a scale in, it's an international scale a scientific scale which ranks foods basis how full they make you full, uh, feel after eating them you know so if you go by that scale it will tell you which food will make you happier and will make you stay full for a longer period of time compared to the other foods so amongst the fruits you can compare amongst the carbohydrate you know the grains you can compare so it's a very interesting chapter everyone must read that because it's it'll be a lot of news to uh, everyone so you know with your past two questions you've really encouraged me because winter's coming to eat a lot of stuffed methi parantha and all i think we can do that because it, it makes me happy it makes me full it's got the right carbs and the greens what do you say absolutely <laughs> why not you know you, you just need to change the way you cook a little i i mm-hmm. it's exactly what i tell everyone For yeah. example, if you make methi parantha, just stuff it with so much methi that it's fifty percent atta and fifty percent methi. Mm. You know, similarly, when you're making poha, I tell everyone, keep it fifty-fifty. Just remember this proportion of fifty-fifty. When you're eating okay. carbohydrate, keep your carbs to fifty, and the rest fifty should be your vegetable or your protein. So if you combine them two like that, that mm-hmm. carbohydrate is never going to harm you because you add so much fiber to it that you know yeah. the sugar will never bump in your body and it will be slowly released. Also, go ahead and have your meaty parantas. <laughs> Thank you. I'm sure everyone's going to enjoy it this winter. <laughs> Now that you've taken it off for us, uh, tell us something about uh, what is the right protein and can we eat? Can we have a little fat in our diets? Won't it make us go chubby and you know only become obese with protein and fat both? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So protein is extremely important. We don't talk about it enough. I feel so. I'm so mm-hmm. glad you've brought up this point. because the importance of protein kavita 
if not is not i mean it's it's very very important for our health you know for the energy levels and for to avoid lethargy and everything mm -hmm. but there's a direct connect with your weight loss with your weight as well how much protein you're having and unfortunately a lot many of us in our country do not understand the importance one the importance of protein and second they can't identify protein not many people know which are the high protein foods you know and this problem somehow gets uh, increased because uh, if you're a vegetarian or a vegan then you know the mm. choice of foods that you have also gets a little restricted so protein education i feel is extremely important because you need protein for a lot of reasons like i mentioned you need it for energy you need it to make sure that your muscle mass stays okay only when your muscle mass is higher will your fat percentage be lower so you know your appearance wise you look better Plus, your metabolism will be higher, so you won't gain weight that fast. And if mm -hmm. you're trying to lose weight, then too, protein is equally important because protein keeps you full for longer. If you've had a protein meal, you won't feel hungry that soon. Yeah. But mm. you just see, notice for yourself, if you have yeah. a poor carbohydrate meal, for example, if you just have like a roti sabzi or you just have like roti and aluka sabzi, which is just a pure carbohydrate meal or a sandwich maybe, You'll be hungry within two hours. But mm. to the same thing, to that roti sabzi, if you add a big katori of dal or, uh, you know, 150 grams of paneer to it, paneer. that meal will take you longer. So protein does that job beautifully well, which is why it's very high up on that scale that I mentioned, FF scale, the fullness factor scale as well. Mm. Extremely, extremely important to know how much protein you're eating. A simple formula I can give you, which works for everyone. It's a basic formula. Of course, uh, you know, uh, requirements can differ individually, but if you want a ballpark uh, formula to look at how to calculate your protein requirements, it's very simple. It's one gram of protein per kg of your body weight every day. So, for example, if you're 60 kgs, then you must target around 60 kgs of pro 60 grams of protein every day. As simple as that. And then right. you can take education a little further. You know, yes. read up how to know, to know which foods give you how much protein, or just do a consult with a nutritionist and understand whether you're eating enough protein or not. And as far so, as fat is concerned, mm -hmm. you also mentioned fat. Yes. Again, has somehow been made into a four-letter word. Not at all. You have good fats. You have bad fats. So only choose the good fats. You know, nuts, ghee, uh, cold-pressed oils, sarsen oil, uh, your coconut oil. All of these are good fats, of course, in moderation, but you do need good fats, if for nothing else, then for great skin. Ah, yeah, sure. <laughs> we all love it. We all need it. You know, one personal question that I want to ask you is, because I have this great opportunity, you know, I've read the book and there's one chapter, Kavita, which is really interesting to me because, you know, it addresses a few issues running in my family as genetics you know that is inflammation of the joints you know body and uh, i've spoken to many a people and i think it's an it's an important part that i'd like to bring it up with your book because i find that inflammation is becoming very regular so tell us uh, you know something about inflammatory foods uh, you know very quickly so that you know people are we are you know able to touch that yeah, it's an epidemic today, you're right. Mm -hmm. uh, in your family, it's genetic, but a lot of people I'm you know, treating today, there is no genetic uh, connection, but their bodies are completely inflamed. 
Okay. And that's not just their fault alone. There are a lot of factors that you know contribute to inflammation. You must also mm. be aware. It's of course what you eat. If you eat wrong for a long period of time, your body will get your your tissues will get inflamed. Uh, the pollution again, your area of expertise, Kavita. Mm-hmm. But pollution again leads to a lot of inflammation in the body, and most important and most overlooked stress. Mm, the everyday yeah. stresses <laughs> that we face. They inflame your body to so such extent that all these rheumatoid arthritis and all are getting so much younger, all the inflammatory yeah. disorders. True. This would happen in their 60s, in, to people in their 60s earlier. And now I see people in their 30s getting it. And I don't know what's going to happen as we progress, but it's like a big epidemic today. Food is a big way of changing your inflammation markers in your body a huge way it's a slow process of course yeah but then you best up your body slowly also right so give your body that time to just get back on track but that's the only way trust me right permanently cut down the inflammation markers you need to start eating right you need to remove processed food from your body completely from your diet completely Mm -hmm. the additives we don't understand how much harm they do you know, to our body, you have to get back to eating uh, home cooked food. Okay. Very difficult. Yeah. People find it today. But I want to, I want to ask you about one very basic thing that thin people think that they are very healthy. So I want to ask you the reverse question. Can thin people be unhealthy? A lot of thin people I know are very unhealthy, very unhealthy. You know, what happens is it's not just your appearance. It's where exactly is the fat deposited in your body, which is important. So a lot of thin people I know have a mm-hmm. lot of fat around their organs, you know, and yeah. in their midriff, in the center portion of the body, you know, in here. This midriff fat and the fat around the organs is very toxic because it breathes out, you know, uh, compounds that can actually cause a lot of inflammation in the body, which is why they don't realize why they are getting inflamed, even though they are not overweight. And they also lead to a lot of hormonal imbalances because they mess up the insulin in the body. So even if you're thin, I mean, especially if you're thin, at least overweight people get their tests done, you know, thin people think that they are doing fine, they are fit, you know, so they don't get their tests done. It's very important to know your fat percentage in the body and stay fit by exercising and eating right. Yeah, so that means that it's not the thin and the fat, right? It's not the debate between the thin and the fat. It's about being healthy and unhealthy finally. Absolutely. Even even slightly overweight people can be very healthy. Their markers come out perfect when you get their tests done. True. So Kavita, I also, uh, I have read your whole book, but you know, I want you to read something for us. Something which really, which is your favorite, which touches your heart the most. Something, please, for our for our readers. Everything, everything in the book touches my heart. You have three hours. <laughs> <laughs> okay, pick and choose something. Pick and choose something which comes to your mind first, and you think would appeal to everyone. You know, there are chapters there, of course, people because that will take a lot of time. So I won't read any chapter. For example, I want everyone to read the mind the sugar attack uh, chapter because that is very important. The amount of sugar we eat as Indians is amazing, amazing, crazy. You know, then there are quizzes there, which I'm sure which will really benefit a lot of people, you know, like 
are you on a sugar high? Do you know how to read the labels right? And how mm. to wean refined foods? What I would like to read here is maybe one of the hacks because I have a lot of these uh, besides the regular gyan in the chapters. I have a lot of these uh, diet hacks, which are like quick, you know, suggestions that can actually help you quickly lose weight. Okay, so why don't I read? Um, we've already spoken about inflammation, so I'll avoid that one. Let me find another diet hack. This this one is a long one, but everyone must read this diet hack four, which is a detox plan. So this is like a full uh, one four week plan for someone who wants to detox. You know. And who's worried about the inflammation in the body so that they can do okay maybe i can read uh, there is this nice mind diet hack that i'm trying to find because people don't consider the mind part of it that important but it is so okay i'll read this diet hack eight bust the weight loss plateau because everyone oh goes my god I yes. was just going, I was just coming to this advice. Do you tell us about the weight loss plateau? Very, very, very telepathic. <laughs> uh, everyone faces this. So I'll just yeah. read this one for you. Yeah, okay, this is diet hack eight. Okay. For a weight loss plan to hit a plateau is almost a certainty. This happens when the body begins adapting to the diet changes. Lower carbs, higher protein, no processed foods, more fiber and gets accustomed to it leading to a slowdown of weight sometimes even an absolute stop everyone faces this i'm sure so now at this point you need to get smarter and trick the body to get it to respond again you may try one of these seven diets i've mentioned seven diets here first do a couple of very high protein days and eliminate carbohydrates completely for a few days Unlimited lean protein mobilizes fat burning and gets the metabolism high up again. So now all these seven diets that I mentioned here are diets that are tried with people and they have yielded results. That's the only reason why they're part of this book. Second, do two weeks of alkaline eating. Focus on eating alkaline promoting foods like fruits, vegetables, beans, nuts and seeds and eliminate acid-promoting foods like meat, poultry, fish, dairy, eggs, grains, and alcohol. Third, significantly increase hydration. Double the quantity of water that you normally drink. Mm. This helps flush out toxins and improve the digestion. I reminded you to have your water, Kavita. <laughs> mm. I know, I thought might as well glow listening to you. <laughs> then the next one is, Okay, this one really works. Okay, follow alternate low calorie and high calorie diets to shake things up and boost the metabolism. Then the next one is for two to three days, add back the foods that you had completely stopped. You know, maybe eat yes. a pasta dish, refined pasta, I mean, here, Chinese mm -hmm. takeout or golgappe, only wow. one dish. So basically, mm -hmm. what happens is that this makes your body less defensive. And it realizes that, yes, it's going to get food, you know, so that lock, which has, you know, come on your weight opens up and the door starts opening up again. Follow intermittent fasting for a week. The 16, eight plan where you eat within the eight hour window and fast for 16 hours with yeah. a low carb diet, sticking to a whole minimally processed foods, vegetables, lean proteins, and healthy fats. 
Then last two ones, these also work very beautifully. One is have one high protein, nil carb, one high carb, nil protein, and one only fruits and vegetables. Day. So this is like a three day plan. So you do yeah. one full day of full protein, one full day of nil protein, only carbohydrates, and one full day of a complete detox, just fruits and vegetables. It works fabulous. If you Thank reach you. a plateau, try this. And last, Thank I'll just read, mm -hmm. last just one one. Up the intake again, what you've already spoken about of fermented foods. Mm. Eat three fermented foods and sprouted foods every day for three consecutive days. Choose from lentil and grain sprouts, tokla, homemade dahi, idli, etc. So all of these work beautifully. So try them out. Fabulous, you know. I uh, just want to ask you one more thing. Uh, that after listening to you and all these hacks that and the beautiful combination of food that you've mentioned, I think all of us are going to be less grumpy when we follow this uh, eating pattern. We'll be healthier, less grumpy because grumpy is a bad thing. Whenever we are on diet, we are like, you know, ready. Pe people who are hungry are ready to, you know, pounce on the other person, even on a little thing. So being happy, healthy, eating our greens and anti-inflammatory food, there's so much to take away from this conversation, what do you think would be your two, three things that you want to, you know, um, give as a taking away point for all our listeners today? One, please stop standing on the scale so often. <laughs> you know, your weight is just one parameter of your health. There are so many other parameters. Focus equally on all of those. Is your skin looking okay? Is your hair doing okay? Is your energy level okay? Is your mood okay? You know? Do you feel good about life in general? Are you looking fine? There are so many parameters to focus on. Don't focus on just your weight. That's the first thing. Mm -hmm. Second, whenever you uh, try to uh, you know, modify your diet, instead of trying to remove foods from your diet, try and add foods, good foods to your diet. For example, try and add two to three fruits every day to your uh, you know, daily meal plan. So if you fit them in during the time when you do your snacking, like for example, at 11 o'clock or at five o'clock, then you'll automatically remove the wrong foods that you eat from the, from at that time, right? So instead yeah. of trying to remove foods, because that's too much pressure, that I don't have to eat this, that's yeah. pressure, you know, you don't want that. Just think of what good can I add to my diet? It'll automatically make sure that you eat less of the bad food. It's very, very important. And third, yeah. weight is important, but not all important please just learn to enjoy your life if the pandemic has taught us anything at all it is that your health is so much more important than anything else so focus on immunity focus on so many other things don't just keep dieting fabulous wonderful and very very simple put it in such simple words and you know even the book is like uh, straight from the heart i want to share with everyone who's listening to this conversation the book is really simple, easy to follow, and I can swear by it because I've already read the whole book. And, you know, there are so many things I would also love to share. But then Kavita is a master of the game here, not me. So anyway, Kavita, thank you so much. And I just want to say one line before I close this that you've taught us to lose weight the right way. Thank you so much for, uh, you know, this beautiful, all these beautiful books that you keep churning up and guiding us. Thank you so much. All Thank the you best so for much. your future. All the do, best for you. Read. Do read the books. They are labor of love. Thank you.
the whole conversation was really amazing but personally what i felt uh, you uh, highlighted the importance of immunity and you trivialized the you know there is a fad of thin thinness and uh, everybody is running behind the slim part so i just love that you express that uh, that thing in such a great word and i'm surely going to read your book because it's truly yeah. truly <laughs> truly amazing so thank you thank you so much at the approaching end i would like to thank ms kavita devgan and ms kavita ashok for joining us today we wish we get to hear you both again and be equally enlightened as we all are today and for my dear massive audience i'm sure that after witnessing this wonderful conversation you all are taking home an enriched version of yourself just as i will thank you for joining us today until i see you again this is kanak mahalle signing off